Welcome to Christchurch Manchester Sermon Podcast. CCM is one church that meets every Sunday in various locations across Manchester. For more information about who we are or about our Sunday meetings, please visit www.christchurchmanchester.com. I grew up in a house without Father Christmas. Um, yeah, the thing is, even though I grew up in a, a Santa Clausless house, I don't feel like I lost out on any kind of Christmas magic. I had all the joy, I think, that everyone else had. Um, I'm not bitter about it at all, even though I might sound a little bit like right now. Um, but I, the, the good thing about it was I knew where my joy was coming from. I knew that Santa hadn't brought me presents, but truly, it was my parents. When I would be unwrapping that present from Father Christmas, they'd be there to say, no, that wasn't from him. That was from us, uh, my bank account. Uh, but it, it, it meant that I could be grateful to them and I knew where my joy was coming from. Um, and even more than that, as the lowly third child, um, whereas like, my sister had um, like a beautifully decorated stocking. I mean, this is Hannah's. It even says... Like embroidered, is it? Like Hannah's name on it. Well, you know, beautifully crafted little thing. My sister, as the first child, she had this, you know, massive stocking that will fill like most of her presents in. Um, and my brother, again, as the as the as the second child, he would have this beautifully crafted stocking, um, you know, filled with all his presents. I, as the third child, the lowly third child, um, would have a pillowcase. Um, yeah, it wasn't this pillowcase. It was one that had you know, some blue trains on it. I loved it. But it was a, it was a part of my Christmas. I loved it. And it, it brought me joy to have that. bit bitter about it now, I appreciate. But, um, I, you know, it brought me joy. And uh, I, I didn't have any less joy about Christmas than, you know, my uh, more majestic first uh, child sister and, and brother. Um, and ultimately, we, we tend to forget where our joy comes from. And that's one of the things we're thinking about today. Um, especially at Christmas, we forget where our joy is from. So today that's what we're thinking about. And, and some of us might be thinking uh, that we're too lowly for joy. Some of us uh, might be forgetting uh, where we should be seeking our joy. Um, so that's one of the things we're thinking about today. So we're going to read uh, Luke 2, verse 8 to 20. I might read it from the screen, actually. Um, and there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good, jo- uh, good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You'll find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favour rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger, When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. 
But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which they were just, which were just as they had been told. So the first thing we're getting from our passage today is that there is joy for the lowly. Verse 8. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks by night. To give it a bit of context, shepherds were lowly people. They were at the bottom of first century Jewish society. Um, I found out yesterday shepherds couldn't testify in court. They had very little status. They were lowly people. Um, But to these lowly people appears an angel in verse 9. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. What greater messenger could God send but an angel? This awesome messenger that comes with a side order of God's shining glory appeared to lowly shepherds. And quickly the frightening angel looks to show no threat to the shepherds and says, do not be afraid, I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. In fact, the angel wants to have the opposite effect of fear. The angel's job is to bring joy. How the good news reads, today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And straight away, these shepherds are listening to this and they know what this means and they are filled with a joy because they understand what it is. But for us, it doesn't mean a whole lot, that verse. It doesn't mean loads. So there are tons of questions. Question one, the town of David, who cares? Um, question two, the word saviour. Why do these shepherds need saving? Question three, born to you. What a baby is going to do the saving. Question four, what's the Messiah? Question five, why would they want a Lord? Um, I'm going to answer these questions, um, not in any specific order, uh, but in order to do so, we need to look a little bit at the history of Israel or the Jewish people. Um, So I'm just going to give you a really quick history of the Jewish people. Israel was a kingdom and it was conquered. Um, And then Israel's conquerors were conquered. Um, And they take loads of Israel away from their homeland, which is obviously quite annoying. Um, And Israel, the the conquerors of Israel's conquerors get conquered. Um, And they then allow Israel to go home, but they've got to rebuild. They've got to build up walls and they're getting, all their enemies are surrounding them and they're making it really, really hard. They are having a horrible time. We've had like three kind of conquerors within a, a couple of hundred years there. Um, But a prophet comes along, someone who God uh, gives a little glimpse of the future. And the prophet um, says, um, Israel will get a ruler again. Israel will will get a ruler and they will come from Bethlehem, referred to as in this, the uh, the town of David. And they will bring peace and security to Israel. Finally, we've got a good one on the way. And then Israel get conquered again. And this next bit isn't in the Bible, it's just from history. But Greece come along and conquer Israel. And then Rome come along and conquer Israel. There's a whole lot of conquering. And that's where we 
are today with the shepherds. Finally, we arrive to the shepherds who've been waiting for 500 years since that prophet said, there's, there's good news coming. There's going to be a, a, a ruler who's going to save us. 500 years they've been waiting as hostages in their own land. They've been waiting as long, uh, they've been waiting as another nation rules over them. They've been waiting for Israel and the Jewish people to be great again. And these angels appear telling these shepherds who have been waiting, hey, do you remember that, that saviour that was going to come out of Bethlehem? You know, that 500 year prophecy is true. He's come out of the town of David. It's true that he's a saviour. He's going to redeem your people. He is God. Joy! That's what these shepherds would have been feeling. And this joy was revealed to lowly shepherds because joy is for the lowly. Joy is for the bottom of society. Joy is for the weak. It's for those that know they're not the top dogs. Joy is for the oppressed for the weary and hard worked. Joy is for uh, the people that everyone looks down on, the people that get the scowls, the people that get the glares. Joy is for the lowly. And the first thing us, us lowly uh, like to do is we like to find our own joy. We like to help ourselves out of the mess that we're in. We like to tell ourselves things that make us feel better. We like to fish for compliments, to have that joy. Um, Our society loves for us to get our joy from anything but the true source of joy, our saviour. And when we're low, we find ourselves looking for those little little self-help nuggets um, to try and find joy that way. On the screen, there are loads, thank you, there are loads of of those kind of little self-help kind of quotes and there's a lot of truth in some of them Um, and if it helps you fix yourself well done it's not going to be for long if it helps you feel better if it gives you a little bit of joy great it's not going to be for long some of these quotes are a load of rubbish Um, some of them you know there's some truth in them but the main thing is they're missing the point they are missing the point take that second one accept yourself love yourself and keep moving forward Yeah, great. But it's missing a better truth. Jesus accepts you. We have a saviour that doesn't need you to bring anything but your brokenness. Take the the third one there. Um, You look great today. You can have that on your mirror. You could be there going, ah, yeah, you look awesome. You look great. Um, But the thing is, it's missing a bigger point. Um, Jesus, our saviour, doesn't need us to be beautiful. We have a saviour that doesn't need you to be whole. We have a saviour that doesn't need you to be popular at work. We have a saviour that doesn't need you to know more about the Bible than anyone else. Or know more worship songs than anyone else. We have a saviour that doesn't need you to be the best church leaders. We have a saviour that doesn't need you to be the best parent. Get joy from the saviour because he is here 
for the lowly. There is joy for the lowly. Uh, Perhaps you think you're too lowly. Perhaps you think you're lower in our society than whatever the equivalent of shepherds are today. Um, I'm going to shut that down now. Some of Jesus' closest friends were traitors of their own people. And certainly one of them um, would have been quite violently against the government of the day. Um, One of Jesus' closest friends, Jesus put in charge of the church. He was at least a little bit racist. One of them had been demon-possessed. It's written that Jesus hung around with thieves and prostitutes and adulterers, disabled, people with highly contagious and deadly diseases. Are you too lowly for God's joy? No. There is no one on this planet that is too lowly for this joy called Jesus. And think about how lowly the Saviour stooped for us. He became a helpless baby, born in a stinky manger. If you've ever been to Chester Zoo and you wanted to go into the monkey house, um, you just had to accept, if you want to see some monkeys, you're going to need to smell some poo. It stinks. And that is how low Jesus was stooping for us. Jesus stooped very low. But if you know you're lowly, if you know you need a saviour, if you are waiting for that joy, then it's likely you'll listen like the shepherds did. And so the second thing we're getting from our passage today, uh, there is joy for the listeners. Verse 12, there will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Skip on to verse 15. And when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, multiple angels now, so it says angels, uh, but we'll come back to that. The shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So the angel had appeared and given them this good news that would bring them joy. An angel then gives them instructions and they are to follow these instructions. The shepherds listened to the news of joy and they carried out those instructions. And they do it quickly. The next verse says, they hurried off. They carried out the instructions in 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 a hurry and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in a manger. And so as the angel had said, that's the way it was. Verse 17, when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. They spread the word. They listened. And so they had this joy. It wasn't a part of the angel's instructions to do that. They just had this joy and it kind of erupted everywhere. It's blah. It sounds like I'm throwing up. Um, it, was, it was an explosive, explosive joy. It just went out in, a, in an eruption. And this joy wasn't, contain, it wasn't containable. Verse 18. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. What? Angels? Whoa. A saviour? Whoa. A baby? Wow. God. And they were absolutely amazed in Bethlehem. These people listened to the shepherds and the result was joy. It doesn't actually say that these people did anything with this information. So they listened and they got joy from God. But it might have actually ended there and they just carried on with their lives. They got joy, but it was momentary. 
Whereas Mary got a different kind of joy from God. As she heard the news and she acted on it, she got a lasting joy. Joy for the listeners. Let's have a look. Verse 19. But Mary treasured up these things and pondered them in her heart. The but there is important. It says, well, they did that thing, but Mary did this thing. She listened and she thought about it. And she thought, an angel told me that. Now an angel told these shepherds and these shepherds are telling me that. And, and she thought about it and she connected up the dots She's thinking about it. And this word treasured that we see here, she treasured up all these things. Treasured here means keep alive. She kept this stuff alive in her. And if you look at the plants in our house, you can tell it is hard keeping stuff alive. Um, But she did it. It's hard, but she kept the news alive in her and, and there was a lasting joy. There is joy for the listeners. So we see... Two kinds of listeners. We see one kind in, in, the, in the shepherds, and their listening results in this kind of explosive joy that leads to singing and telling people about this saviour. And then we see the kind of listener in Mary, and her listening leads to a joy that is more subtle, quieter, but lasting. The first kind, this outward flowing joy. Do you lack this joy? Do you find yourself singing about God, but with no joy? Do you find yourself talking about God to others, but without joy? Then we need to focus back on the good news. Um, The good news is that we have a saviour. The good news is that we uh, we lowly have a God that fights for us. We lowly have a God willing to die for us, to be with us. Let's bring our singing back to that. And all of our singing won't be um, to make us happy. It won't be that we'll come to church on a Sunday so that we'll, ah, we'll, we'll sing and that we'll have joy. And that's not, a, that's not a bad thing, but our singing will come out of joy. It'll be our joy that causes us to sing. Uh, the same thing about talking about God, the same with our spreading of the word. Uh, we won't talk about God because we know we're supposed to, although that isn't a bad reason. Um, if we listen, if we listen to what God is saying, we will be filled with a joy that explodes out of us. If we listen, and the main way in which we listen is, we, you know, we read the Bible, that's the main way in which we speak to God, sorry, God speaks to us today. If we listen, we're going to hear, there's a saviour, and he's God, and he's here. And it's, it's that that will fill us with joy, and it will explode out of us in song and in speech. So that's the first kind of joy first kind of listening the second kind with Mary the lasting one it requires work can you admit if you're one of those kind of Sunday Christians you come on a Sunday um, and you meet people and you're like ah that was all right Um, and 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 you sing some songs and yeah that was great and you know Dan says some funny stuff at the front of church you're like ah good great and you kind of you kind of get this hit this joy that then you go into your Monday and then your Tuesday And then whatever day comes after that, and whatever's after that, 
And, and finally, you get back to Sunday and you kind of get that hit and it just goes round and round and you're almost using God like a drug and church is the needle or, or singing worship music is the needle. That is a problem. It just keeps kind of going round. Or we use, uh, yeah, worship music, getting that hit of joy every now and again. Well, we need to look at what Mary did. She kept the news alive in her. She treasured it. She held on to it. We need to work at pondering our Saviour. I want us to take a moment and ponder. Think. Have a think about uh, that thing that takes away your joy. And, in, and in, instead of applying like some, some nice self-help kind of line to it, instead of doing that... Um, just consider, what is that thing that's taking away our joy? What's the thing that we often say to ourselves to kind of address that and instead replace it? Replace it with the news of a saviour. Just take a moment to have a think. What's that thing that takes joy away from you? And instead... We have a saviour. Now you may not get that, that satisfaction, that joy that the, the shepherds got immediately. But for sure, keep it alive in you. Keep that, no, that news alive in you and it will be a lasting joy. Keep that joyful news of salvation in your heart and we'll now look at where it comes from. The last thing we're getting from our passage today is joy from the Lord. We're jumping back now to when the shepherds were in their fields. Uh, Verse 13 says, Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel. So you've got one scary angel, which is then accompanied by uh, thousands, possibly thousands of angels. And it reads, Heavenly host, praising God and saying, let's all read this at the same time actually, because it's... It'll help us better imagine what an army might sound like. Verse 14. Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favour rests. Absolutely massive sound. And in that moment, in that moment, the angel army are saying, you think this is cool? It's glory to God. You've got this army there that just looks so awesome, and they're saying glory to God. Let's look at verse 9. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. The glory of the Lord, not the glory of the angels, glory to God. And the response of the shepherds was also to recognise God as well. Verse 15, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. In that moment, they recognise the angels were delivering the message, but the message was from God. This joy was from God. They recognised where this joy was coming from. And finally, verse 20, the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen. Joy from the Lord. Um, I've got a torch here. These are funny things because... Um, you generally, let's say you lost your torch and you're a little bit upset about losing your torch. Um, you're not probably upset about the actual torch itself. You don't want to like, you're not looking for that torch so you can kind of look at it and go, ooh, 
Instead, it, it's, it's the thing that the torch shines at. You, you can't see. It's the thing that the torch shines at that we tend to look at. It'd be better if it was a dark room right now. But wherever I shine this, it's, it's unlikely you'd be looking at me. You'd be looking at the thing that it's shining on. Equally, if you imagine the angels as the torch, the thing they're shining on, the thing they're pointing to, it's God. And equally, the shepherds then, they are the, they are the deliverers of the news to Mary. And the shepherds go to Mary. And again, they are shining the news at God. They're shining this news at a saviour. So a few things on that. Um, they, they might seem a few random things, but hopefully one or two of them will hit you. Um, we don't worship angels. Um, we worship the thing that the angels worship, and that is we worship God. We don't worship Mary because she gave birth to a saviour. We worship the saviour. We don't pray to the universe. You hear some people say, universe, let it happen. We don't do that because universe is creation. We don't worship creation. We worship the creator. These are all things that might point to the saviour and we want to look at the saviour. Equally, worship music. We don't worship worship music. It's really easy to confuse the joy that we as humans get from... I'm a musician. I get so much joy from music and it's really easy to confuse music... Worshipping that and, and, and using it instead. Think of that, that torch, shining it on God and instead worshipping God. So let's not be blinded by music because then we see God less and we see less where that joy is coming from. Lastly, we don't worship Christmas. Let's spend the rest of December worshipping the source of all that good stuff that comes with Christmas. Time with family comes from God. Good food, it comes from God. Gifts from God. No, it flipping doesn't. It comes from our bank account. That money comes from God. And if you're feeling stretched this Christmas, if there's not a whole lot of it there, that little that is there, it comes from God. Yeah, Michael, that's all well and good. That's, that's great stuff, but I... I'm lowly, and I listen, and I know where that joy is coming from. I know it's coming from God, but I have none. If that's you, I am so unqualified to talk about mental health, uh, but what I can do is pray with you. Um, If you would like a bit of prayer, you can come down here at the end of the service, and I would love to pray with you equally. Uh, Rosalind, yeah, if you don't like the idea of talking to me, come and talk to Rosalind. She would love to pray with you. Um, the second thing I can do is I can read you the words of someone that suffered with severe depression. So this is a guy called William Cooper, which is spelt Cowper, and that kind of annoys me, but there we go. Uh, William Cooper, and he was one of the most popular poets of his day. We're talking two, three hundred years ago. He suffered with, men, with mental health in a massive way. And I'm going to read you uh, just two verses from one of his poems. We've got verse 2 and we've got verse 3. Um, and you'll see how he lacked joy. Um, he was lowly. William Cooper was lowly. He was a listener. And he knew where his joy came from. And yet, through mental health reasons, he lacked joy. And in this poem, he ends up talking to rocks. 
which is you know, obviously a little bit weird, but they point to God. In this poem, these rocks are pointing to God. They are shining their light directly at God. That's the rocks, okay? And they are, they are trying to get him to look forward to a day um, where he will be in the full physical presence of his saviour. So even though it says tomorrow, it's the, the last line talks about tomorrow, it's not tomorrow as in, what, Monday? It's talking about when you will be forever in the presence of God, our saviour. Let me read it to you. This is called, A Child of God Longing to See Him Beloved. The rocks receive less proudly the story of my flame. When I approach, they loudly reverberate his name. I speak to them of sadness and comforts at a stand. They bid me look for gladness and better days at hand. Far from all habitation, I heard a happy sound, big with the consolation that I have often found. I said, my lot is sorrow, my grief has no alloy. The rocks replied, tomorrow, tomorrow brings thee joy.